What is a better name, the MVA or the AVP? Because this is going to be our new award for the Packers. What we're talking about are the two Aarons, Jones and Rodgers. Because even though Aaron Rodgers is a two-time league MVP and a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the great quarterbacks of all time, that what this you cannot dismiss and not take for for serious this, this incredible season Aaron Jones is having. Could you make the argument that Aaron Jones, not Aaron Rodgers, is the most valuable Aaron on the team this year? So with that being said, Ebo, do you like the name most valuable Aaron or MVA or AVP Aaron valuable player? I like the MVA. Like, do you like MVA Nelson? MVA or AVP? MVA. Aaron valuable yeah, and player. And the AVP sounds like AVN, and everyone's going to think yeah, we're talking like about porn, porn stars. stars. So, all right, MVA. I, I think you guys are right. There's nothing wrong with porn stars. They're people, too. <laughs> no, you make a wish. Your yeah, dream comes true. true. All right, so we're going to go MVA, the most valuable Aaron. Who is the MVA right now of the 2019 Green Bay Packers? And people are already upset about this poll on Twitter. What's wrong? Explain. Having some fun. Mom, I love me some Liv Moss. Love me some Jory Mama. He's just really. Jones isn't considerably really? more valuable than Williams. How do the Packers play with Rodgers? Come on. I, f- I feel like he's going to vote Rodgers then. Just a spoiler right there. <laughs> and then Donnie Rodgers. What's up, Donnie? He says, Jamal Williams is more than capable of giving us a decent running game in the absence of Aaron Jones. If, 12's, if 12 goes down, it's a toilet flush. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously if, if Rodgers goes down, but we don't know yet. I mean, to his credit, Aaron Jones has not missed a game. I mean, he has been durable, and I will admit my mistake. I didn't think he they could sustain him through 10 games and be this successful. I didn't think he was afraid. I remember we did our first round of the Fantasy Zone back in late August in our first show, and I said, and everybody's high on Aaron Jones. I said, I'm not. Not because I don't think he's a good player. I just don't think... You can draft him in the first or second round because I don't think he will play in 16 games. Hell, yesterday. And right now he's played in – I mean, there's six games left. He's played in 10 of them. So I, who leads the league with touchdowns? That would be Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. So, um, yeah. Well, yesterday I'm, in practice, Devontae Adams was saying that Aaron Jones should be in the MVP race, and Jamal Williams said they should give him the MVP award. Well, how about that? yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing. Christian McCaffrey is having an all-time year – and people are starting to say you got to put McCaffrey in no, the No, he's a poor man's Aaron Jones. Well, that's what I was just going to say. If, so if you're going to put Christian McCaffrey in the MVP discussion, you have to at least, and I'm not talking the Packers now, I'm talking the league MVP. If you're if you're considering McCaffrey for the league MVP, you have to at least consider what Aaron Jones has done. So if Aaron Jones is in consideration for the league MVP, how can he not be in consideration for being the most valuable player on his team? Bro, check this headline out. Yeah, front of Yahoo Sports. Aaron Jones, not Rodgers, proving to be Packers MVP. That was written yesterday. How about that? Um, That's a headline on front yeah, page. Here's the one comeback. Uh, by the way, 608-321-1670, Jones or Rodgers. And this isn't for the life of the franchise. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is the answer. This is for this year. This year, who's been the mo- who's been the better Aaron this year, Jones or Rodgers? Who's been more valuable to this team? So the people tweeting and saying this is ridiculous. We're not talking about the li- – obviously, if I could only have one Aaron on this roster, I would pick Rodgers. I'm saying right now, this season, just this season, these 10 games so far, who's been more valuable, Rodgers or Jones? The one comeback – to knock down Jones would be, yes, he leads the NFL in touchdowns. He is right now 14th in the NFL in rushing yards. Can you can you put a guy, whether it's even on your team or in the league, can you really say this guy is one of the best in the league when he's got 589 yards and the league leader is Delvin Cook with 991. So he's well, almost 500 yards behind. Is the that just leader. rushing yards? That's rushing yards. I mean, get his receiving his total yards. And then, well, in order to win football games, you got to score, right? Right. Who leads the NFL with touchdowns? That would be Aaron, Jones. Aaron Jones. So he's finding a way to get right. in the end zone. And I'm not saying that I'm, I agree with that. I'm just pointing out for people to say, how can you make him an MVP of the Packers or the league when he's, you know, when he's 14th in the NFL and rushing? The comeback, again, as you just said, he's got 14 touchdowns. And 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 that's the most in the NFL. Yeah, remember what Aaron Jones did against the Dallas Cowboys? That was pretty cool, wasn't it? Uh, well, the Cowboys, uh, what he did on Sunday, uh, what he did against the Chiefs. I mean, Jones has had individual three or games four like four monster games. I would Packers. love to hear Nelson on this. Nelson 
what, two weeks ago you were trying to explain to me how Aaron Jones wasn't that good? He's overrated. Do you, are you still under that belief? Yes. Just based, on, just based on his stats. Like how many times had he rushed for 100 yards this season? There's not very many of them. Who would you times? Once. Oh, twice. Yeah, he against the Vikings, he had 116 and the Cowboys 107. How many times did he run for below 35, but yet he had like two touchdowns? Uh, he had 39 yards against the Bears. He had 19 yards against the Broncos, but he had three touchdowns. Exactly. I mean, his touchdown numbers are pretty inflated based on the rest of his production, though he has been valuable throwing throwing it out of the throwing it to him out of the backfield. But I think that's where it comes into Rodgers. Look at what Rodgers has done this season with name the receiver. Right. It's a great deb- – I mean, the the Aaron Jones thing to me, because Nelson's right, Ebo. I mean, he's had terrible yard games, but you're right. He's got these incredible touchdowns. So how do you quantify the MVP of – I mean, he had 19 yards against the Broncos, but he had three touchdowns. Like, mm-hmm. how do you – is that a great game or is that a terrible game? The Packers won the game, so I would say it's a great game. But he had 10 carries for 19 yards, but three of the 10 carries were touchdowns. How many How many less touchdowns do you think Aaron Jones could have if Matt LaFleur decided to throw a pass instead? Aaron Rodgers could have, what, eight more? Well, it is weird that the Packers have had a ton of guys tackled at the one-yard line I this know. year. Jones would have... Like, but Jimmy, there's a reason why they're giving it that's, to Aaron Jones. That's, that's also true. It's a, That's why this is a good debate. 608-321-1670. Conrad, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Hey, good morning, boys. What's up, so, brother? You know what? I, in the Supreme Court of my brain, I think I'd give this vote a – giving it to Aaron Rodgers' 5-4 to four vote. And it, a lot to what Nelson basically – I think Nelly and I are kind of on the same page. And, and But what he didn't mention is Jamal Williams. I mean, I think Jamal Williams – and I'm not saying he's in there, but he has helped the other two Aarons be successful, whether it be catching the ball or whether it be just – beating up that uh, opposing defensive line and, and other linebackers. Um, you know, you just it's, – it's a good team, guys, and it's really – it's pretty awesome that we're actually getting to have these conversations, having an 8-2 and two Green Bay Packer team. Yep. Uh, going into the bye, huge win with, uh, from Seattle last night to make a, a great, great uh, almost playoff matchup in two weeks. Uh, but, yeah, no, I definitely got to give it to Aaron Rodgers, and that's coming from the guy – I have probably been one of the biggest – uh, critics of Aaron Rodgers in the last couple years, and I just feel that uh, you know he he's holding the team together. He's got a he's actually dug kind of deep into some leadership, which just surprised me. And so uh, no, I, I think uh, now and now if Aaron Jones ends up just blowing up and having a few more of these hundred yard games and and having more of these catch, touchdown catches and yak yards and you know all that other stuff, well then I think that it, it might uh, even up a little bit or maybe he. Uh, you know, hit the tipping point, but that's all I got boys. Later. Peace. Thank you, Conrad. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, you know, it's the fantasy football world we live in where Aaron Jones could have 25 fantasy points, but 21 of them, you know, again, against the Broncos, he had 20 fantasy points, 18 of them came on touchdowns. You, you know, are we in the world of where it's, it's all about scoring, but again, if Aaron Jones doesn't have those three touchdowns. No, does that mean that Jamal Williams wouldn't have had three touchdowns from inside the one-yard line because the Packers had first and goal and they ran it every single time and Jones got in? So was he the benefactor of that, or is he that good and the Packers wouldn't have given it to Jamal Williams three times because they don't believe that he's as good of a running back as Don't Aaron you Jones put is. the ball in your best playmaker's hands? Well, that's that would be the the the, the, the So why is Aaron Jones getting all the, the ball in his hands all the time, you know? I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. I would, I lean Aaron Rodgers in this poll. I'm just, you know, trying to get my boy Aaron Jones here because I'm a big, I've been a big believer in Aaron Jones since, since forever. Mike McCarthy should have used him more. Um, Aaron Jones is absolutely phenomenal. What you see him do in the field is, is, is great. When's the last time you were this excited about a Packers running back? Yeah, it'd be the second year. Maybe the second year, Lacey? Yeah, Lacey's second year. Before um, he got, the General Sows took him right, over? Before Chinese food took him over. Um, yeah, 608 321 I mean, look, and again, clearly for those people who are, are saying, how is this a debate? This isn't for the franchise. This is not which Aaron is more important to the Packers. That's not even debatable. I, we're saying this year through 10 games, 
Who's been the more valuable Aaron through the first 10 games of this season, Rodgers or Jones? Like, how, how many years have they put it in Aaron Rodgers' hands just to see them go, oh, we need to relax. Oh, we need to run the table. Oh, we need to do this. We need to do that. we got to win our final eight games to make it in the playoffs. Now that you're having a, a running back capable like Aaron Jones, what's the Packers' record, Joe? Eight and uh, two. Eight and two. Aren't yes. we having another debate right now? Who is your top four teams in the NFC? And the Packers right now are coming probably at number two. Yeah, one or two, and I, I don't. That's not a stretch. I mean, like I said, I, I, what, I think me as a Packer fan, I'm penalizing myself because I don't want to be that guy that puts my team, my guy, one. Even though I can make a serious argument that right now the Packers are the best team in the NFC right now. What's different about this year than the, than the previous years besides a different coaching staff? They've been using the run game. They've been using the running backs, right? They've been using Aaron Jones. Yeah, but okay, but yes and no. Again, he's only 14th in the NFC in rushing, so they've been using him. But they've been using him. I mean, he's not, uh, you know, one of the top yardage wise. He's he leads in touchdowns, but his rushing yards aren't actually that great. He only has 200 yard games. He just has games where he'll have three, four, five touchdowns. Does it inflate his stats, or is he that great? Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Jeff, welcome to the Joe and Evo Show. Hey, morning, fellas. What's going on, Jeff? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Rodgers just because he touches the ball, you know, every offensive play, and he has, he has thrown some just absolutely amazing balls, and some of the balls he's thrown he's been bailed out on. Uh, some of that bailout's been actually Aaron Jones, but it's still him. I can't help but wonder, as I'm watching that Dallas game, and Amari Cooper is making catch after catch three yards out of bounds, what Rodgers would be doing right now. And I know we, we talked about this last year as a fan base. We still, obviously Devontae's that guy when he's on the field and healthy. But we still don't have a great receiving core. I mean, M- MVS is not. Ugh, non-existent. He's, a he he's, he's pointless. He's not, he's not getting, and I don't, I mean, maybe it's Dak would take more chances with MVS because you know Aaron won't throw into tight coverage the way a lot of guys will, but. Uh, I still think we have Amari. I, I got one thing I want you guys to talk when I hang up. What 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 the hell happened to the naked bootleg? To the roll, like why? <laughs> yeah. Why why is that both in Madison and in Green Bay? When you have two quarterbacks, Cohen is plenty athletic that can beat a defense that is ten in the box looking for the up the middle run. They can beat the guy to the pylon or just. Give him an out with with the tight end, God. sort of dragging across the middle. Why can't we run naked bootleg? When's the last time you saw one of those? Well, and thank you, Jeff. It's a great point. I'll, I'll answer both like of them in, for in, you. In any time. Yeah, in Madison, we've talked about this. Get RJ, our Badgers that are going on the, the uh, play calling. I don't know what the Badgers – I mean, you have this great offensive line. You had the Heisman front runner for a time. To every team is selling out for the run. I completely agree. Play action, bootleg, whether Cohen keeps it or hits – Ferguson, who, by the way, is like an all-American caliber tight end. But I, I've given up trying to understand the Badger offense this year. Sure. So, Jeff, I'll just say I have no idea what the Badger offense is anymore. I thought I knew. I don't I don't know what, what they're doing this year. Maybe they're just waiting for next year and they say, we'll just give it to Mertz next year. I, I don't know. As far as the Packers, yeah, that one, it's got to be maybe keeping Roger, limiting the hits or, the, the you know, limiting the, the risk that – you know, two of the last three years, he's had a serious injury because, again, yes, it's there for Rodgers, too. The only thought I can think of, Jeff, is he's thirty. He's going to be 36 years old in, in a month, and that Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy don't want a 36-year-old quarterback who you want to keep healthy for four or five more years running naked bootlegs. When's the last but, time you saw one from any team? Uh, last night. Was it? Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah. I mean, when right. was that? Lamar Jackson is, like, rewriting. Yeah, it would have been... It would have been second half. Oh, that's when I was sleeping. I, I've given up. Don't, Jeff. It's like the whole. I can't get into the Badgers right now. I, I don't even. I don't, I don't even know what that is. So we'll we'll put that. They're gonna aside. run pistol and yeah. shotgun, man. I, They're gonna I, run on I, of it. I can't deal with the Badgers today. It's too frustrating. Again, just just to be clear, Ebo, this season, this isn't a franchise. You know, the old. If you could only have one guy to start a franchise, who would you take? Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is the most valuable Packer. That's not a, that's not a debate. I think it is debatable through ten games, who has been a bigger contributor to the eight and two start, Rodgers or Jones? 
you know, uh, one of the last callers said, I mean, how could you not say Rodgers? Even in the 10 games, yeah, he doesn't have the gaudy numbers that maybe a Russell Wilson has. But look at the stretch of games. They went 4-0 and without Devontae Adams. Somehow, some way, they won four games with a collection of scrubs catching the football. Right there alone, you should say it's Rodgers. Or do you say, no, look at those four games. Who balled out against the Chiefs? The Raiders, the Lions, and the Cowboys, those just happened to be the four games that Devontae Adams missed. It was Aaron Jones. You know, in that stretch, he had a four-touchdown game and a three-touchdown game uh, in that stretch of four games where the Packers won. So the reason they went 4-0 without Devontae Adams was Aaron Jones and his seven touchdowns he had in those four games. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Jones is... I mean, is he a, look at look at this? I'm I'm trying to look at total yards, all purpose yards. He has nine hundred and forty three. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Good for twelfth in the league. Delvin Cook number one, Christian McCaffrey two, Fournette three, Tyler Lockett four, and Nick Chubb your fifth. Uh, Aaron Jones is phenomenal, man. I I voted Aaron Rodgers in the poll. I just want to play a little devil's advocate here for Aaron Jones because are the Packers at eight and two right now? If there is no Aaron Jones on the team, let's That's say Jamal Williams question. is number one. And that's that's the question. Like again, is Jones and Nelson? You said it earlier. Is Jones just getting the benefactor of getting you know basically you know like cherry picking you know touchdowns because they're getting all these first and goals and somebody's got to get it. Or to Ebo's point, he's the better. That doesn't guarantee that if Jamal Williams was the starter in these ten games, that Jamal Williams would be sitting here today with fourteen touchdowns. If you actually dig into some of the Packers' rushing numbers. Jamal Williams actually averages more yards per carry. He just doesn't have the volume that Aaron Jones does. He also, Jamal Williams has not fumbled yet this year, where Aaron Jones has fumbled twice. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's the, just more of a more volume for how Aaron many more Jones. touches does Aaron Jones had to Jamal Williams though? Yeah, you could look into that, but then again, if you go back to the yards per carry, he does out carry him. You know, the thing that, again, 608-321-1670, where I get stuck on Jones is, I mean, look, the Charger game was a disaster. LaFleur even admitted he screwed up on the running. I mean, you, I, don't, I don't know how I quantify that because William, or, uh, Jones only had eight carries for 30 yards. But where it's weird is, like, you know, in games they won, the Bronco game, 10 for 19 yards. I mean, that, you see that, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. But he had three touchdowns. <laughs> it's like, is that a is that a good game or a terrible game? And all three touchdowns, one, two, one. So you take that away. He had ten carries for. You take those three touchdowns away. He had seven carries for fifteen yards. That's a terrible game, but he had three touchdowns. True, um, but also, why are you giving it to him then? Because he's the best player on the field, right? So we put the ball in his hands, let him do his work. It's not his fault that the defense had a turnover there, right? Yeah. So why don't you put the ball in your best player's hand? Um, you know, and then you go down, you know, some of the other, you know, the 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 Lions game, which was a win. 11 carries, 40 yards. You know, that that, that they, they, there was nothing. I mean, that was where Rodgers are just pulling crazy throws out of the hat. And then that's, you go back to the other side and say, well, of course it's Rodgers. And how valuable is Aaron Rodgers that, again, now with Devontae Adams back. And, you know, we we wondered in the first game and, you know, last week, the loss to the Chargers was was Aaron Rodgers trying to force the ball too much to Devontae Adams. I think Saturday or this week, look, I think that's more what you want the Packer offense to look like. So maybe it was just the first week figuring it out. But again, how do you value Rodgers in a four-game win streak without Devontae Adams? As great as Jones was, do you say the MVP discussion starts and stops there? Rodgers went 4-0 and with Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Geronimo Ellison, and Jake Kumro, which is pretty <laughs> remarkable. Yeah, in that stretch, you had Aaron Jones running for 170 yards and four touchdowns against the Cowboys, also getting seven receptions for 75 yards. I mean, that was insane. That was an Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers game. I mean, honestly, it should be like a shared MVP for these guys. And then you have that Raiders game. What did Jones do in that game? Aaron Jones... He had 50 yards rushing on 12 carries, but he had 130. Or no, that's Marcus Velas Kentley. He had what do you have here? Four for 33. Four for 33 and a touchdown. Did have a touchdown. That was obviously the Rodgers' perfect passer rating. Yeah, you know, so but I mean, he was that, sharing the ball with everyone in that one. Um, hey, people keep talking about how versatile Aaron Jones is, you know, rushing and receiving. But let's not overlook how Jamal Williams has two tackles. <laughs> <laughs> and then that Chiefs game, that's funny. Chiefs game, Aaron Jones has 13 carries for 67 yards. He had seven receptions for 159 yards and two touchdowns. 
I mean, in Devontae Adams' absent, the number one wide receiver was Aaron Jones. Uh, 608 Was he not? Yeah, no, you're right. I, look, and I, I look at the end of the day, I still voted Rodgers, too, but I'm with you on the devil's advocate side of it. I'm trying to get a, a scenario where to seek would the if Aaron Jones, who again, give him all the credit, he's the biggest thing is he's been healthy, you know, his first season, he's played every game so far the season. Would the Packers be eight and two? I know they wouldn't be eight and two if Aaron Rodgers missed a game or games. What I don't know is would they be eight and two if Aaron Jones had missed two or three games in there? Because we would have thought they were in big time trouble without Devontae Adams, right? You're going into Dallas. You're almost a touchdown underdog. There's no way you're going to win that game. Yes, Patrick Mahomes did get hurt, but before that, we didn't know. We thought there was the Packers would be lucky to win a couple of games without Devontae Adams. So you can't say Devontae Adams is one of the most valuable Packers because they pr- they proved that they could win four games without him, right? Yeah, and Aaron Jones was the number one wide receiver but in that stretch. That's what I'm saying. So could, could would they have gone 4-0 without Aaron Jones? Or was it just because Rodgers is that great and he worked with what he had? He didn't have a number one receiver, so what did he do? He turned his running back into the number one receiver. Well, in that Chiefs game, I don't know. That was the Aaron Jones game. I mean, Aaron Rodgers connected with Aaron Jones. In that Cowboys game, it was Aaron Jones. I right. think you do have to give a little credit to Matt LaFleur because he was using Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams in such different ways where he was splitting them out, getting them matched up in the slot on linebackers where they had the advantage. What the so, hell did he do against the Chargers then? He didn't they implement out, his whole game they, plan. They, they were out, out clubbing. They were out clubbing. Everyone gets caught up. You know, you guys have all heard of the Miami. The, LeBron always talked about the Miami flu when teams would come in to play the Heat. Get a couple nights in South Beach. Going to get the Miami Look flu. Out, man. The Packers had the L.A. flu, man. The LA Nightlife flu. in L.A. Um, you guys ready? I know it's been a couple weeks. My wife broke her foot, so I yep. haven't been able to get another edition of Dis or Dat. You guys ready? Yes, sir. Well, you were not doing the dishes right. or something, Jay? She broke it off in your ass or what? No, no. She was playing basketball, believe it or not, with uh, one of her students and ended up breaking like three bone, uh, three metatarsals. And... Well, hope for a speedy yeah. recovery. Nelson broke a I bone hope... in the Joan Ebo combine, Jason, two years ago. We had to shut it down. No more Joan Ebo combine thanks to yeah. Nelson's broken foot. HR got mad at oh, us. Yeah. Nelson's mom. We almost, got a, we almost had a lawsuit, so we had to shut it down. Well, you know, when it comes to you know, uh, workman's comp, you know, they don't like that type exactly. of thing. I told Nelson to suck it up, but he said, I'll sue you guys. Yeah, then he came to my job, and then he was all white, and he couldn't carry a box, and I had to send him home. It was a tough scene. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. But I digress. We digress. We de- definitely. All right, guys, here we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, the number one game show on the Joe and Evo show is uh, Dis or Dat. First question for you today. Yesterday started the major award season in baseball, we saw the rookie of the year go in the AL and the NL. The Brewers are up for two awards this year, one for manager of the year, also MVP. If you could only choose to ha- get one of those, Oof. would it be manager of the year or would it be MVP? Wow. I'm going to say manager of the year because Craig Council was snubbed last year and there's going to be like that retroactive reward and Chris Middleton was named an all-star, but he should have been all-star the year before. Craig Council is going to get the manager of the year because Yelly got the MVP last year. See, I feel, Jason, like that's the right answer and Evo's right, and I think this was an award a year. I think the baseball writers realized they screwed up last year. I'll go the other way, though, because Christian Yelch, to miss a month of the season will ch- completely change how people view the MVP because I think everybody assumes – he missed a month of the season. There's no way you can give it to him. I think it's trending that he is going to win it, which will be one of the great accomplishments of all time. So I'm going to say, to me, it would be Yelich winning and despite missing a month of the season. Nelly had a smirk on his face And, over Joe, here. I couldn't agree with you more. I think the bigger thing would be Christian Yelich wing it so we could finally put to bed who's Oh, don't start with Ryan or two-time, two-in-a-row MVP in Christian Yelich. That's a discussion for another day. What, what else you got, uh, Jason? In case you want to know, the manager of the year gets uh, awarded today at 6 p.m. Packers finally have their bye week. Badgers had theirs two weeks ago. Which one was better timed? Oh, good question. Um, Gosh, I mean, I'd have to say Wisconsin because I still don't have a lot of faith that Minnesota is going to lose in Iowa. But if you believe the Hawkeyes can pull the, the big upset on Saturday, that bye probably saved Wisconsin's season because if they had lost on Saturday to Iowa, they're done. I mean, the Packers could still, in theory, afford a loss to San Francisco. I think it hurts home field. But if Wisconsin had lost on Saturday, their season is over. So I would say Wisconsin benefited more. I'm going to go with the Packers just because you you got 8-2. and two, You're looking at home field advantage now, and you got a little time no, to rest. No. And they're, I mean, they are relatively healthy. So just get a little more. Then you got the Niners coming up. You're going to beat them. Hell yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like you know the pa- the Packers in itself was uh, is a good one. I mean that they had a laundry list of injured players, but I kind of have to agree with uh, with when it comes to the Badgers. I mean, you had two losses in a row. You were kind of reeling, especially after the Ohio State game. All right, guys, final question for you. You're talking about the Aarons and which one is better. I've got a better question for you. You have the Aarons or the Smiths. Which one's the better surprise this year? Oh, what a great question. Making it harder at the end. I mean, the obvious answer is Smiths, but I don't – I mean, sometimes, you know, you you got the the question is within the question – I I like I to ad- I don't like to be wrong, Jason, but I am one of those people that will admit when he's wrong. I did not buy into the Aaron Jones hype. I didn't. I thought he was a role player. I was heavy that the Packers should have went after Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon in the offseason. So I'll say the Aaron's because I didn't see Jones having anywhere close to this good a year. So I'll say the Aaron's. I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers had Aaron Jones last year and he chose to get Mike McCarthy fired by missing checkdown passes. He had his opportunity last year to prove it. The Smith brothers, they have what, 15 and a half sacks? Well, Perry and Matthews only had five or five and a half combined last year. Give me the Smith brothers and a kind of revamped defense. Well, the Smiths have also kept Rashawn Gary off the field yeah! for a little bit. so You can all be thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like that one. Else. Gentlemen, have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you later. As Brother. usual, Jason, incredible questions. Uh, I hope your wife heals up, uh, A, because you got to take care of the missus. And I hope she uh, suspended that kid. Right. And, B, we need you back more because this or that is an awesome contest. So, uh, good questions. All right, 608-321-1670. We're going to get to... Uh, our guy Tony Cartagena, our Bucks reporter, get the latest of Chris Middleton. I'm going to do Star Wars versus the Avengers coming up here oh, later dude, today. I already know the answer. Uh, well, I know you do because I, I know we've known you for seven years, but it doesn't mean I know what. This could be a bloodbath. I think it's eight years now. Uh, it's been a long time. This yeah. could be a bloodbath. I don't know. I'm interested to get to the, this discussion with the, this new Disney streaming service launching today. Uh, by the way, I already see people on Twitter saying they've watched The Mandalorian like four times and it's amazing. So I know what I'm doing tonight. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, again, on the MVA, which stands for Most Valuable Aaron, just to be clear, because I think maybe some people didn't, you know, like what's with the rankings. Oh, the Rodgers stands get pretty upset right. over this. This Again, I'm not saying who's a more valuable for the friend. This isn't you have one pick. What's he doing? Who do you want to start a franchise with, Rodgers or Jones? This is simply through the 10 games this season. Who has been more valuable to the Packers' eight wins, Rodgers or Jones? Not the life of the franchise. Not who will get them to a Super Bowl. Not who is a better player for the Packers. Just through the first 10 games, who has been a more valuable Aaron through the first 10 weeks, Rodgers or Jones? Uh, we got a tweet here from our guy, the King RXX. He says, Aaron Jones is the MVP. Without him, we would not be 8-2, and two, more likely 5-5 five and five or worse. He is a dual threat and has stepped up when called upon. Okay, the, the it comes down to me the four games they won without Devontae Adams because I, I know I, and I think most Packers thought they were screwed. Who do you think, at, uh, Nelson, I'll start with you, who is more – Gets more credit for the 4-0 stretch without Adams. Rodgers or Jones? Rodgers. It's not even a thought in my mind. Not even a thought. Now, to Ebo's, Jones had seven touchdowns in those four games. And one game he had 185 total yards. One game he had 167. Name the rest of the collection of players that was <laughs> well, performing. That's, yeah, nobody. And Aaron Rodgers was putting up MVP numbers in that stretch. Mm. He did have a perfect pass rating in there. Nearly a second one against Kansas City. All right, Ebo, same question. The four games they went undefeated without Devontae Adams, who should get credit for those four wins more, Jones or Rodgers? Jones had seven touchdowns in four games. Rodgers had a perfect passer rating. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones had four touchdowns and 107 yards rushing against the Dallas Cowboys and then 75 yards receiving. Let me repeat that again for rushing. Four touchdowns and 107 yards. All Aaron Rodgers did was hand him the ball. That's one game. That's the Cowboys. That was the first game without Devontae Adams where everyone was like, oh, my God, we are screwed. We are doomed. What happened? Aaron Jones balls the F out. Then in the Detroit game, it was I mean, that was Aaron Rodgers. He was finding everyone on the field. And then in the Raiders game, you had – that was what what the Packers' most complete win, you'd say? 
Yeah, I mean they they I mean other than the weird I think they were going to win anyway. People will say when 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 you know Carr turned it over that changed it. I think the Packers were the better Aaron team. Aaron Jones very consistent there, but that was another game where Aaron ah, I would still 50 50 rating yeah. in that game. I would say I would I would give it like 60 40. 60 go to Aaron Jones, 40 to Aaron Rodgers in that four game stretch. No, that's just four games, but to your point, I remember doing the show that Friday and we got the news that Adams was out and I'm pretty much like can I have my bet back because I had taken the Packers because I assumed Adams was going to play because we all assumed and we all thought as Packer fans, Green Bay can't win a road game in Dallas without a, without a player like Devontae And then Aaron, Aaron Rodgers was like, my God, this Aaron Jones guy is so valuable to me. Look at this Chiefs game. Um, he had seven, Aaron Jones had seven receptions for 159 yards and two touchdowns all while out, you know, carrying the ball for 67 yards. The next close, Alan Lazard had five five receptions. The next would be like three for Graham and Jamal Williams. Like Aaron Rodgers by then at that point against the Chiefs was like Aaron Jones is that guy. I will dial in on him. Do you think there's Isn't it a beautiful thing when Aaron Rodgers dials in on checkdown passes? Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Do you think conspiracy theory Friday and Tuesday? There's an arrangement with Aaron Jones and Jimmy Graham to bolster Jones's touchdowns. How many times Jimmy Graham has been tackled at the one-yard line? <laughs> I guarantee Aaron I Jones does. I think that's does... more of a deal between Jimmy Graham and Father Time because he's just big and slow. <laughs> There's no way Aaron Jones has 14 touchdowns if without Jimmy. Jimmy, I don't know if he just runs out of gas at the one or he's just unlike. How many times has Jimmy Graham, see if you can find that stat, Nelson. How many times? I bet you it's five times. I bet you Jimmy Graham's been tackled inside the five, five times this season. And I bet you Jones has a touchdown on almost all of them. He's like, here comes Jimmy Graham. And then just like, he runs out of gas like at the no, two-yard line. Jimmy Graham's got Aaron Jones on his fantasy football team. Oh, That's that could is. be it. That's what it is. Do you think Graham is intentionally going down inside the five to set up? He's got an inside deal somehow yep. with Jones. I, yep, He's I in a so. high-stakes fantasy, high fantasy league. He's in like a 10 grand buy in and Jones was his first-round pick. And he didn't yeah, draft I, himself. I will buy that for sure. Man, I should have saved that one for Friday. That was a sizzler. <laughs> hey, speaking of extended periods of time, we've got the news yesterday. Chris Middleton out with a left thigh contusion. How long is Middleton out for now? Yeah, so he's going to be sidelined for three to four weeks. That's the initial the initial report. So that takes us into like the second week of January, essentially. I think four weeks from yesterday is December 9th, and the Bucks have a home game against Orlando that that day but it's a weird like it didn't look like there was a ton of contact when he it looked like he took a knee to the thigh from from Terrence Ferguson of the Oklahoma City Thunder and he was able to shoot his two free throws and then he walked immediately into the locker room but if you've ever knocked knees with someone or, or had a real bad bruise you know how debilitating those those can kind of be especially when Middleton as a shooter developed so much of his you know strength from his legs in, in the shot so yeah, it's a less than ideal injury for Milwaukee, but lucky for them, you know, of their next 10 games, only two of them are against teams with 500 records right now, and still very early in the year. This isn't a playoff run. A visit with our Bucks reporter, Tony Cartagena, and maybe I'm just wanting him to be back sooner, but to me, it's like the, the this is the, the basketball version of the Brandon Woodruff injury. He's got like an abdominal strain, Tony. You're like, yeah, he'll miss a couple starts. He ends up missing like half the season. I'm like, dude, it's a bruise. But as you said, I mean, a, that, a bruise can be a, a, a moving target. I mean, are, were the Bucks surprised by the length that this could be? I mean, normally you think bone bruise or, you know, thigh contusion, you'll, you'll miss a game or two. Like, are, are, were the Bucks surprised or is this just like, you know, preventative to say he's going to be out a month? Well, I think the way that they ruled him out of that game on Sunday where it wasn't a he's questionable to return. There was no, you know, maybe he comes back or maybe he even goes back to the bench. When he left, he was ruled out right away. And generally that's a sign. It's it's like when Christian Yelich got hurt this past year, how they waited until after the game to give any update. Everyone knew he was hurt, but they waited until the game to give any update. Either teams tell you that a player's out right away and you know it's serious, or they just try to be – very quiet and kind of low key about it. And then you also know it's serious. So as soon as they were just like right away, Hey, he's done for the game. You know, I thought maybe he got hit more in the knee than I initially thought watching it. And cause it looked like it was the thigh in the replay. Um, so I don't know if they were necessarily surprised and I can't say whether or not it's preventative because just think of that spot right above your knee. Mm. If you have that bad of a bruise and it's obviously deep, like, it's very, very tough to move and to slide defensively and to do a lot of things. But also, maybe you do bring up a good point. It is early in the season. The schedule is not exactly 
a gauntlet right now, and they can you know, afford to use some of that depth that they have. Now, speaking of that depth, Tony, who steps up in Chris Middleton's absence? I think it's going to be kind of a revolving door. They're going to have to put a couple different people in there. I think the good thing for Milwaukee is Sterling Brown has been playing really well and under the radar right now, and he doesn't offer what Middleton does offensively, and the rapport with Giannis obviously isn't there yet, but Brown has been really good on the glass, especially the offensive glass, randomly enough. He's been really good there. He does have a good jump shot, so I think they're going to be able to use him a little bit. Uh, they got a couple other options, too. They could go small and play George Hill at the two and Wesley Matthews at the three. Uh, they could bring Ursani Liasova into yeah. the starting lineup. I know you're a big fan of that one. Uh, charges do not equate to points. What do you mean, Tony? Ursanity is a beast. You don't get points for charges or broken noses. Green light that man. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that might be an option. Who knows? But um, with their depth, I think they can, you know, it's not going to be someone comes in and all of a sudden is playing 30 minutes a game. But I do think uh, Dante DiVincenzo can see more minutes because his ability to shoot uh, Sterling Brown as well. And maybe even a little more Kyle Korver earlier than we've accustomed, been accustomed to seeing. Visiting with our Bucks uh, reporter, Tony Cartagena. All right, you mentioned, uh, Tony, the pride of Madison Memorial. Obviously, around these parts, a lot of people, big fans of Wesley, Wesley Matthews. And I know I was pumped up when they signed him in the offseason. And you saw the start to the season, 14 points, 14 points, 14 points. His first three games had nine three-pointers in his first three games. And you're like, this is exactly what we thought we were going to get. What has happened since that game? He has not gone over double digits. The most points he's had is eight He's had three scoreless games. Like, is he just in a funk, or can can this be the springboard maybe to get Matthews back in the rotation? Because he's, like, been non-existent since the opening week of the season. Yeah, he's one of those guys, too, you can say non-existent, but I think that's just, like, in, in a box score. Because I look at what he does in terms of when the Bucks need a defensive stop or just the right decision. Because he's a guy, too, that you're always going to have to defend no matter what. So there's been times watching – watching games this year where Wesley will catch the ball and, you know, he's at the three-point line and someone closes out hard on him. And he is just such a savvy veteran that he makes the right decision. And I wish hockey assists were, were a thing in basketball because I feel like he picks up a couple of those. Or he's, his just ability to take one dribble and get and hit an open guy, whether that's a cutter or someone that, that also, like, fills in on the three-point line. So I know his numbers haven't been huge, but he is a veteran. He is reliable. He's good defensively. Um, so I think that he's someone that can will continue to contribute, whether or not that shows up in scoring, you know, 15 points a game. It might not be that, but it will be some of the smaller, grittier things that that a basketball team just frankly needs. Uh, Tony, I have to ask you, and I've I've seen this on Twitter because you can find a lot of bad things on Twitter, and I also hear it here in the halls, and I hear it from Bucks fans. I think the question is lunacy, but I'm going to ask you: Will the Bucks be better without Chris Middleton on the floor? Will their record be better? Probably not. Like, I, no. I, I guess the, the, the short answer is no, right? A yes. lot of people are very down on Chris Middleton. He has paid a lot of money for his output, and a lot of people look at what Malcolm Brogdon is producing in Indiana in kind of a different situation as a different option and thinking that the Bucks could have signed Brogdon and maybe another piece or so, uh, and things would have been just fine. I don't think you can say that they will be better without them. It's like, what were the Packers better without Devontae Adams they won they won games but you still want Devontae Adams yeah. on the football field I just the, so, the, the, the amount of vitriol that Bucks some of Bucks Nation I would say half but a large chunk the, that spews towards Chris Middleton kind of makes me raise an eyebrow on it the dude's an all-star like why yeah, you hating I, I mean he wasn't yeah he was an all-star I would lean more toward Chris Middleton's not really an all-star caliber player all the time I mean he got in the, two years ago. Yeah, two years the, ago, he's really good. Well, the, and the Eastern Conference had six subs coming because players were hurt, and he still wasn't one of them. And then last year, he got the all-star nod, obviously. Like, look, he's a very nice piece, but people will always equate how good you are to what your price tag is. And when you look around the rest of the NBA, I don't think people believe that he's worth the amount of money that he's making each year. But you also can't put a price on chemistry and uh, things that he and his relationship with Giannis. That's a huge thing for the Milwaukee Bucks as they're preparing to offer him a contract, you know, this upcoming summer. So like Middleton's a good, good basketball player. I 
I wouldn't call him a star. I wouldn't call him a superstar. I do. I will question until he proves otherwise if he is a true number two on a championship team. I think you said it perfectly. It keeps Giannis happy, you know, because Giannis was yeah. Do you think Giannis signs? I'm sorry. Continue. I was going to say last summer. You know, he had that big. You know, he was talking about Middleton and talked about how they came into this pretty much together because he was trying to walk him around the same time and the cuts and bruises that they would give each other going after it in practice, getting better and getting better. And there's something to be said about loyalty uh, when it comes to, to being a franchise. A, a lot of franchises right now are trying to prove that they're loyal to players in order to grab free agents and get people to stick around. And if that's the move you have to make to keep one of the best players in the world, that's the move you got to make. I mean, Tony, they signed his brother who's played in two minutes this year. I mean, let's let's be honest. If Giannis can do – his brother wouldn't start for UW lacrosse, and he's, he's on an NBA roster. <laughs> so, I mean, come on. Giannis can get whoever he wants on the roster. His, his brother would start for lacrosse. He did have a monster dunk <laughs> as his only bucket this year. So Giannis just can't get a table at a taco joint, right, Tony? Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, Tony Cartagena with us. Hey, before we let you go, you know, you look at what whether they're better or worse or the same without Middleton. I mean, it does set up nice. I mean, you look at this stretch of games. They only have two games as of now against a team with winning records, Portland and Utah, and you get them both in Pfizer. I mean, if there's ever a time to do this, I mean, teams like the Knicks and Bulls and Pacers, I mean, this is a nice window of games for the Bucks to hopefully take advantage and get, you know, some some wins while Middleton's out, right? Yeah, I think the the rest of their schedule really pretty much for the rest of 2019 isn't the hardest schedule in the world. I know they got the Lakers coming here and they, and the Clippers coming here, but outside of that, I mean, in this 10 game stretch or this four week stretch without Middleton, you have the Bulls twice, you have the Hawks twice, uh, and like you said, the Knicks are probably the biggest disaster in basketball right now. They just lost to the Cavs by 20, so mm. yeah, there there is some there is some room to make up. So this will. Evo, unfortunately, will use the see they can win without Milton argument, but you have to look at who the opponents are. Hey, last thought. You were in Cleveland. Obviously, you saw a lot of LeBron v. the Warriors. With Steph Curry out now even maybe longer. Right now, Tony, Golden State is 2-9. and nine. Yikes. Hold, Did you think the – I mean, I know obviously injuries, but, I mean, is that like the biggest, craziest fall? I mean, that's like when LeBron leaves in Cleveland, right, instantly goes back to like a 10-win team. I mean, Golden State is tied with the Knicks for the worst record in the NBA right now. You lost Clay. Draymond with the finger, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Andre Iguodala. Oof. Like you lost four All Stars and a veteran who's been doing it the right way for half, a, you know, a decade and a half. Like what they've lost is unbelievable. But they do have Jordan Poole, Milwaukee products. Yeah, so I will continue, I will continue to uh, to watch the Warriors. Yes, Jordan Poole, Rufus King High School. Oh, Tony, real quick. Do you think that actually Chris Middleton's injury is due to load management and they saw how Kawhi got blasted for sitting <laughs> out, so they just called it a different injury? It's actually a one to two game injury, but he's <laughs> 17 other games off. Yeah. Yeah, that's a- Lo- extreme load management. Yes, he's, he's going to be well rested for the All-Star game. <laughs> Tony, does Dragon Bender sound like something you would refer to after a night out of drinking? More than an NBA basketball player? Is he in the herds? Or is he get called up? No, he's on the Bucks. <laughs> is that the best or worst name of all time? You're, I mean, I feel like that's me on a Sunday after a Badger Saturday. I'm a dragon bender. Uh, well, he pronounced the dragon. So ah, like dragon sounds way cooler. <laughs> it, it might sound cooler, sure. Thank you, Tony. Nice, Tony. Have a good one, guys. See you, buddy. Yeah, I, I mean, Ursan Ilyasova versus Dragon Bender. Better name. Well, you have the birth of conspiracy with Ursan. Because his name should be Ursan Ilyasov. Right. There's another guy that has a similar name. Or uh, like, Arsan Ilyasov, right. excuse me. He's a doppelganger. I'd, Dragon Bender sounds like, yeah. That sounds like a bad weekend. Like, huh. what, what happened this weekend? I had a Dragon Bender. Whoa, <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm older, obviously. You're kind of in, even though you and I I'm are. I'm 31. T- I'm 44, but I think we both are in this bracket. But I... I'm not naive enough to know what is popular now and what are two of the most uh, popular movies, certainly the last decade. Um, so I, I I think this poll could be a bloodbath, but I'm also curious, this could be like a game changer for me. Yeah, what I'm talking about is Disney Plus, the new streaming service, is launching today, and Disney owns probably the two biggest movie franchises of all time. Basically own the world. Right. They own this one. 
That would be Star Wars. You know, when Disney bought out Lucas a couple years ago, you get the library, you get all of it. So, like, The Rise of Skywalker coming out next month, P.S. Can't Wait, that's now a Disney property. So with this Disney streaming, you'll get, you can, at any Disney movies, Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, Rogue One, any any offshoot, and they're going to start some, some new ones. Apparently this Mandalorian is getting some big reviews. So one of the big attractions, obviously, of a Disney streaming service, Evo, is access to all the yep. Star Wars yep. movies, right? You get green-lighted. Star Wars may be the most iconic movie franchise of all time. Incredible. Or... You know what else Disney recently acquired? Because as you said, Disney video The song just doesn't have the same panache as the no, Star Wars No, but these TV movies thing. are certainly popular. These are probably talking about the Marvel Universe, and that is Iron Man, Captain America, The Incredible Hulk, Thor, a.k.a. The Avengers. So much like now that you can go watch any Star Wars movie starting today... You can go back and watch Infinity War, Endgame, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Captain America, you name it, i.e. all the Avengers movies. So if we put Ebo, the franchise of all Star Wars movies, starting with Episode Four: A New Hope back in 1977 till now the Rise of Skywalker coming up later this year, <laughs> and you put that franchise up against the Avengers... In every single Marvel movie, starting with Iron Man and now up through Infinity War, yep. what movie franchise is better? Marvel, The Avengers, and I'm not even counting X-Men, because eventually the X-Men will be in there as well. We'll just go right now with The Avengers and all the Marvel movies, or the Star Wars franchise. See, I'm old school. I think Star Wars is a landslide, but I'm not, I'm not naive enough to know that the three highest-grossing movies of all time are Marvel movies. Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame are the three highest grossing movies of all time. So Marvel true. can say, dude, we own the box office. Star Wars can say, we own history. So between Very true. Star Wars and Avengers, who do you think, if you could pick one, you get 20 plus movies, which whatever one you pick, would you rather spend the rest of your life watching Star Wars movies or the rest of your life watching Avengers movies? I mean, it's not, Marvel even, movies. It's not even close to me. Star Wars lends this in a landslide. Star Wars was the first perceived as a joke, a comedy. No one even wanted to do it when George Lucas, um, you know, pitched it to a bunch of companies. He finally got one done, and the actors even on the set thought that it was going to be a dud. What happened? It was a phenomenon. When that was going on in 1977 for A New Hope, you know what Avengers had? Years and decades worth of comic books. People, the seed was already yeah, planted, and no one even, point. no one, everyone was just like, and "Oh no yeah, was, this is cool, I guess." But it's, you know, it's not really tripping my trigger too much. Like, yeah, you had your comic book nerds, you had this and that. Star Wars was birthed by George Lucas and became a phenomenon. It still is a phenomenon, despite not having decades worth of comic books behind them to prop them up That's and people true. get their interest. Star Wars captivated a nation and still does. Avengers. Thank God they're done making movies. They're getting so sick of well, them. Well, they're not. They're not close to done. Well, I, well, I, true. They're done with that chapter but or my that phase. God, get a new idea, Jesus Christ! But um, well, couldn't you? I mean, this I'm, is look, the last movie of the Skywalker series. Yes, this is it. You know, I'm a huge Star Wars guy, but couldn't I just to, to play both sides? Couldn't I say Star Wars come up with a new idea? How long are you going to play good guys versus bad guys in the Empire versus? Oh, bro, they the have the, they got now they got the Mandalorian coming out about Boba or you know not Boba Fett, but the Mandalorians. You got all these different side shoots now. When we already know what's going to happen with Avengers. Oh, we're going to team up and Captain's going to go get his shield and oh, then we're going to fly with a raccoon and then uh, what? Why are you picking on Rocket? I'm sorry, but Avengers is not as good as everyone makes it out to be. Okay. There. Well, now that's your point. Now go to the other side. Bring in. I've seen all of them, both of them. Bring in the 20 something crowd. Nelson, your take on Star Wars is what? It stinks. And how many movies have you seen? <laughs> Too many of them. How many movies? Why have, does Star Wars. How many full Star Wars movies have you seen? <laughs> Zero, because so, okay, I fall so there you asleep go. in all of them. So why Nelson, you, you fell asleep in Avengers when we were there. That was because of lack of sleep. <laughs> He fell asleep when we were at Avengers Infinity Star War. Wars is so nerdy. They're playing with lightsabers. They have one of the worst characters to ever grace a TV screen and Jar Jar Binks in it. That's, that is true. That's pretty bad. Bro. Boom. Bro. Yeah. Not only did he fall asleep during Avengers, which he said he's fallen asleep during Star Wars, he's never seen a Star Wars movie. 
Oh, it's tough for me, Nelson. See, I get where you're coming from, and you have to at least have seen one. I mean, you you can't. I've seen parts of some. And he, Nelson, don't you love Lord of the Rings? Yeah, it's that's some of the most nerdiest stuff. I love Lord of the Rings too, but my God, is that nerdy? Billion times better. He says Lord of the Rings is more believable than Star Wars. Let's explain that one. Well, we're not getting into make believe. They're all make believe, but uh, which see so Nelson, but see Nelson, yeah, you got to at least see one because you've seen multiple parts of multiple shows. Which ones? (laughs) Name, 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 name Name them. The one where Anakin. You can't even tell you the name of it. And he's like racing go karts as a little kid. They're pod racers. Yeah, dumb. It's a Phantom Menace. I love it. And then like, what is it? Darth Vader in a volcano. Darth yeah. Maul and one of First those First of two. all, it was Anakin Skywalker. First of all, you talking about Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan? When that's how Darth Vader was made, Nelson. You were my brother! You were supposed to bring balance to the Force, not... Yeah, once not... I saw that, I click, turned it off, <laughs> boring. <laughs> all right, uh, well, I get Nelson's vote, so well, maybe there's He some... doesn't get a vote. He's not even seen Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right. If I you just could... listed two parts. Okay, you'll of get... nine movies! <laughs> Obviously, I couldn't get past those two. You've watched 30 seconds of two movies. Okay, you'll get, you know, you get both of them, but if like if if you had if you were, if you had never seen either one of them and you buy this Disney Plus that drops today and you say I have a week off, I'm recovering from surgery or I I got my uh, you know, I got snipped and I got to I got to lay on the couch for 2 days and veg and you've never seen or maybe you've seen them just once but you want to re, you know, a refresher course. Are you vegging for the next 48 hours on every Marvel movie? Or are you vegging on the next 48 hours for every Star Wars Every movie? Star Wars movie, hands down. Um, for Avengers, I fell asleep in Infinity War in the theaters, and then I've had to watch Endgame three times. I fell asleep for two out of the three hours the first one. I fell asleep one hour out of three hours in the second time, and I finally choked my way through it in the third time. Yeah, but see, you kind of... I used to... The movie, the Endgame, stung. No, and see, that... When you said the Joker stunt, you lost. I used to respect you on the Joker movies. didn't stink. It was just boring. Ugh. Avengers Endgame. Infinity War is good. Endgame, I mean, not that great. Nelson's take on Star Wars is terrible. You're At saying least I've seen Avengers. Them. That's that's true. I will, okay, I'll give Avengers you that. Avengers Endgame was was two hours too long. I think it's a terrible take, An but I, I will give long. you. At least you've seen it. All right, Avengers. How long are the Star Wars movies? Two hours. Two hours too long. Man. Shouldn't even been. I never even watched them. <laughs> All right, 608-321-1670. Pick one, Star Wars or Marvel? Well, you know who had uh, a lot of rushing yards on Saturday? That was Jonathan Taylor. He had almost 250. Uh, We talked about it last week, what kind of answer the Badgers would have after two straight losses coming off the bye week, kind of season on the line. What was your takeaway from Badgers-Hawkeyes? What a fist fight. Like, what a game. Our defense played three unbelievably outstanding quarters. I've never, you know, like we gave them the ball, what, on the 16? Our offense had five penalties probably in the first quarter. Like it was just slow going. And then our defense didn't give up a touchdown until the fourth quarter. Like that's just, that's solid play. You know, you, we all knew it was going to be a, a straight up heavyweight punch each other in the face until somebody goes down. And I'm just happy that the Badgers were standing at the end. We need Nate Stanley to go into Minnesota and beat them, though. Like we, I hate to cheer for anybody else, but that's what we need. Yes, and, and you're, you're absolutely right. We'll talk about you know this weekend upcoming. But uh, you know, you, we talked about the rivalry last week, and I we agreed. You know, Wisconsin being such a big favorite, maybe a little bizarre, uh, Bernie. I mean, like you played in that rivalry. How physical is Wisconsin Iowa? How how heated is the rivalry? And was it about what you expected to be a you know a back and forth punch in the face type Big Ten game in November? Yeah, I mean, listen, big plays. Cephas had some great. I mean, he's a baller. He had some great catches. Danny Davis had some great catches. I love that play on the goal line. You know, like Coach Chris, I, I felt like he opened it up. It looked a little bit like Michigan. Um, so I was happy to see that again. It makes me confident moving forward. Um, so I don't know. I, I but those games are always. You know that it's gonna. You better put your mouthpiece in on every play. You better take as many Advil as you're, you know, like basically allowed to without dying, because you're gonna get hit in the face. Or you're, and I, I love going against those guys. Remember, like that, like um, Hodge. They had some really good dudes, but I always took it upon myself to say, listen, I'm the best fullback in the country. These guys are supposed to be the best linebackers, but I'm gonna show them who's boss today. Hell and that's, yeah. That was my mentality. 
at least. Hey, and, you know, making fullbacks great again, uh, my guy Mason Stocky, you know, former uh, wrestling state champion, carrying that mail, Bernie, getting a TD for, you know, representing fullback nation on uh, on Saturday. I'll tell you, that guy keeps getting better and better. I, I know nobody really watches the fullback, but he had some, on some of those long runs by JT, man, he had some great blocks. Like, I'm, I was just so proud. You know, I sit in my house, I watch the game, I'm drinking adult beverage, and I'm just grinning with happiness by just the fullbacks playing well. Bernie, how does it feel as a former fullback to see the position kind of go away, but now there's like, there is a, a emergence of it, isn't there? But there has to be. Look, we have guys in the NFL who are playing, who are playing at a high level. Um, you know, Ingold had a touchdown, I think, on Thursday. Yeah, oh yeah. Or the last Thursday. Yeah, yeah no, Ingold had a TD. Yeah. Obviously, Derek Watt had a pretty good uh, game with with the Packers. So, yeah, I mean, you got two right there. And I would think, yeah, you know, Stocky certainly looks the, the part to, to play at the next level. You know what? These guys, look, they're just different athletes. They're not as, you know, like I was 265 pounds, maybe 270. These guys are like 245, 250. They're jacked up. They look like, um, I don't know, they look like frat bros. Like, they look good. <laughs> You know, like, I didn't look good without my shirt on. These guys look great without their shirts on, and they play a different role. They, I don't think it's as devastating of a block, but they're more in the run game. They're on special teams. You know, they do a lot more, so I think that can take them to the next level yeah, but Bernie, in the here, NFL. Here's the thing. I've seen you play basketball. It's not about your athleticism or your muscle. It's about your whiteness. That's why you don't look good with a shirt off. I mean, you're put together. It's just you're extremely pale. I, you know what? The sun doesn't touch any part of my body. I like hate the sun. I, like I've been on, I've been on spring break. I'm that one guy underneath the tree. Oh, dude, moves, yeah, same. Moves, oh, Evo, yeah, you. Yeah, you know, sure. you, we, you know I, I know. About? I know, bro. I think I'm whiter than you. I'm translucent, man. <laughs> like you it's are. A, I, I move the, um, I move the chair every time you know the sun moves or the earth moves. I move my same. chair into the, into the. Uh, Bernie, but Bernie, I walked yeah. in the village bar the other day, last Thursday, and uh, some guy came up to me and goes, "Dude." You are like the whitest guy I've ever seen. I can see your veins. Like, You're like powder. I'm like, that movie you. powder. Yeah, I was a stunt double in powder. I'm like, thank you so much. <laughs> like, thank you. Like, you know, that's why I look so youthful. That's not sitting in the sun is a good thing. You don't want to look like an old leather mitt. Come on. That, that's also true. That's why we look I'll so I'll never youthful. look like an old leather mitt. Well, something that could I'll look, look like eventually I'm going to look like a Franzia bag. That's <laughs> a little while. Tour de Franzia. We're going to set that up with you and Nelly. Uh, visit with Can't former wait. Badger fullback uh, Matt Bernstein. All right. So the Minnesota game, we talked about a little bit at the top, Bernie, in, in Penn State. And that was a stunner. By the way, Ebo has to somehow fornicate yeah, yeah. with a robot. Yeah. So I have no idea what's going to happen there. How surprised were you? I know we talked about last week at the Penn State Minnesota result. I really, I think most people thought. The Nittany Lions would go in there and roll simply because Minnesota hadn't played anybody. How seriously now are we taking the Gophers? You know, I, I guess you have to, right? Like Penn State was what, number four? Four in the country. I mean, I guess they're undefeated. And they look like they've really bought into what their coach is, is, uh, is all about. I mean, on the outside, I think it's ridiculous. But when you're on the inside and you have guys buy into the program, they're playing good football. And they just beat Penn State, which I thought was going to kill them. Um, so, I, you know, I'm taking Same. it a little bit more seriously. However, that game is so important. No matter if we lose to Nebraska or not, that acts. Those guys are sitting in the, in the locker room with a trophy case with nothing in it. That, does, that really weighs on you. Bernie, so, how, uh, how important is the acts? I mean, it, it, I feel like it's the most important thing. So, right? And anyone who comes into from Minnesota, like you can just anyone, no matter if you play football or not, you're like, oh yeah, but the axe has been here for 20 years. It's just like a dagger, but now it's you know it's there. It's we need to get it back. So let's say Wisconsin does get it back, you know, down the road here. What's the etiquette after the game? Like, what what do you do after the game to get it back without you know ruffling some feathers? And do seniors get it first? If you're an underclassman, do you even get to touch it? Uh, you do, yeah. You get to touch it. I mean, listen, the seniors should get to touch it first. They've been there for the longest. They put the most work in. Um, the etiquette is make Minnesota feel as bad as possible. Like I, I don't know how else to say it. Just run around their field, lay on them, like lay down, pose, chop the goalpost down. I don't know. Just do it for an hour. Like no one's gonna stop you. All right. So Wisconsin and Nebraska. Then they have this. What is that trophy called? The Freedom, the, the freedom Trophy. trophy. It, they had what uh, Bond was saying. Bond was saying that he doesn't even think Nebraska Wisconsin is even a rivalry. They don't even know what the trophy looks like. Did he give Nebraska bulletin board material? 
Yeah, but I mean, who cares? Our Thanks. team is, we should definitely beat them. And I'm excited. I mean, it, it, to me, it's a rivalry because we just started playing them. So, I don't know. Like, I would have loved to play Nebraska. Like, I think do, that would have been so cool. Do you have trophies that you think are just lame? Like like some of the old former badges I heard, like they didn't even know what the Heartland Trophy was and they could care less about it. Do you have any trophies where you just like roll your eyes at it? You know what? I don't. I think the more hardware is kind of the cooler. Yeah. I, I don't know. The old guys, they don't care. They didn't have cell phones. They don't know what they <laughs> yeah, no they take a selfie with it. Yeah. Listen, I, you know what was nice? It was the 20-year reunion of the 1999-2000. So, like, you know, on, in, on Facebook and Instagram, I think all these guys are finally taking pictures and posting it. Um, but it's just so funny. Like, we didn't have any of this. Even I didn't have it when, uh, when we were growing up. So I, I think there is a little bit of, you know, the social media makes it look so cool. Like, Orr was, and Bond were holding the, trophy, the Hartman Trophy. It's a cool-looking trophy. Um, I never, I don't, I don't even know if we ever played, but I don't even know when that was enacted, but I still think it's cool. Visiting with our guy, Bernie, uh, speaking of trophies. So this game is an important trophy game. It's the Floyd of Rosedale trophy, Bernie. That's Minnesota and Iowa, because this is a last stand time uh, for us as Badger fans. I know it's kind of uncomfortable, but we have to be the world's biggest Hawkeye fans on Saturday because if, <laughs> if Minnesota wins, it's over in the Big Ten. There won't be a Big Ten championship game. So uh, are you prepared, Bernie? Prepare yourself. How difficult is that going to be on Saturday once the Badger game's done? Because we have an 11 o'clock kickoff, the Minnesota-Iowa game at 3, to switch allegiances and go full-on Herky the Hawkeye starting at 3 o'clock on Saturday. Is that what the Hawkeye's name is, Herky? Herky. Yep. Uh, well, it's good that I know that. Uh, <laughs> you know what? It, it, it's really hard. I can't even cheer for in bowl games Big Ten teams. I have to, I'm happy when the Big Ten looks good and they win a lot, but I don't can't cheer for Michigan. Like, I can't cheer for these teams. Um, unless it's like the national championship, then I kind of cheer a little bit. Depends who's in there. I think Iowa's going to be really hard for me. I'm going to sit here and be like, damn it, why aren't you winning? But I don't know if I'm cheering for touchdowns. I, it's just such a, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it. I, I think it would tear at my heart apart if I gave Herky a little shout-out. Well, just think about this. Watching that annoyance that is P.J. Fleck rowing his boat in <laughs> yeah. the Big Ten. That's the counter, Bernie, because, yes, cheering for Iowa is painful for me, too. But what wins that out would be thinking about P.J. Fleck doing his rowing the boat thing in the Big Ten championship game against Ohio State Gross. in place of Wisconsin. That would even be worse, I think. I mean, that would be my. I might go blind at how disgusting that would look. To see Minnesota go up and play – Ohio State potentially like that should never happen. It should be Wisconsin. It should be a payback game. We're the underdogs. I love our odds in that game. I do not think Minnesota has a shot in the day. I said that against Penn State. That's true. That's true. I said I'd bang a robot if Penn State lost. Penn State and Ohio State are a little different. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of, you know, Ebo had mentioned that, that Zach Bond didn't really call this a rivalry game, and Nebraska-Bernie was so hyped in the preseason, you know, Scott Frost, what he did at Central Florida, you know, Nebraska's like a dark horse candidate to make the college football playoff. Everybody and their grandma picked Nebraska to win the Big Ten West. Taylor Martinez, the quarterback, was a Heisman candidate. Obviously, they had been one of the biggest disappointments in college football. When you played, and there was another team that had hyped but had not yet proven it on the field. Did you kind of feast on that as a player? Because I look at the hype surrounding Nebraska and I, it just blew me away. Now here they sit at four and five. We're a 14 point favorite on the road. Like, did you ever play against an opponent that had this kind of hype that hadn't really proven it yet on the field? Like Nebraska. Uh, hasn't proven it. I can't remember, but no matter what you just get hyped to play in big games. Even if you know, like, yes, they got a lot of preseason hype, but this is going to be a game to catapult us to possibly go to the Big Ten championship. You cannot, at this point, look by anybody, no matter if they were good at the beginning and they suck now. Like, we got to play solid football and get better. So, I don't really care. Like, I love when teams are like, oh, Wisconsin's not doing so well or their run game. Eh? Yeah, you take, that, you take that into your, uh, you know, you get fired up at practice and you always feel bad. You take it out on, like, the freshmen who are on the scout team. But – you know, that's their job. They're there for that. And, <laughs> but are you whipping uh, boy? I, you know, I always – some of those guys are really good. Like, you know they're going to be superstars. But you got to humble like, them? Freshmen, 
Yeah, freshman, I feel bad sometimes. I used to tell him that, guys, I'm coming. Since I'm coming this way, coach, my coach would be like, what are you doing? I'm like, listen, man, you've called this play 30 times. We're hitting each other in the head. Like, you got to, like, call a different player, put a different fullback in. Like, I'm dying. We're running power 40 times in a, in a practice. I think we're good. Hey, hey, do you have any worry, Bernie, about a letdown game, you know, emotional game with Iowa and Nebraska's not very good, two-touchdown favorite? I mean, there still is talent there. Should we be at all worried about a, an emotional or physical letdown Saturday? You know, I feel like we've already had that with Illinois, so yeah. I, I can't see that we would, we would do that again. I mean, I, I just can't see with our coaching staff, the way we're playing. The, listen, the level we played on, besides penalties and some really stupid turnovers, we're playing at a pretty high level, and I thought we really put a whooping on Iowa for three quarters. Imagine if we kept that going four quarters. We would have won 35 to what? They had nine points or 12 points or something like that. So, I, you know, I think we're right there, and I think Nebraska is just another game to let us show what we can do. Did you ask him our Disney Plus question? Oh, yeah, Bernie. Uh, no, I did. Thank you, Evo. Okay, before so we let you go. I don't know if you're a streamer guy or a movie guy, but, you know, Disney Plus, uh, the streaming service starts today, and, that you know, Disney owns – Marvel and they own Star Wars, so we want to know if you could pick one, you know, a weekend of binging with you and your lovely lady friend. Would you go like straight Star Wars for a weekend or straight like Avenger movies for a weekend? Oh my God, Avenger movies! Hell yeah, <laughs> straight up Avenger movies. Bernie, have you God. seen Star Wars? Listen, Star Wars is good. I, I I actually do like it, but listen, I like anything alien, things blowing up, machine guns. Those are like my top three. Allie's like, what? Those aren't movies. I'm like, no. They're entertain- it's entertainment, and it's perfect for me. Well, <laughs> here you go, Bernie. It drops today. You and Allie can spend all weekend. Hopefully, you, the Badgers will be done by you know <laughs> 2 o'clock on Saturday. You go a, an Avengers marathon this weekend. Listen, I would love that. They're, the way that they ended, oh, my God. It still gives me goosebumps. Mm. Yeah. Hey, we're talking about that next time. Yeah, Yeah. go watch them, and uh, we'll—that's your homework assignment. We'll revisit it next week. Thank you, pal. (laughs) Later, guys. There he is, Matt Bernstein. Tuesdays with Bernie. He's a man.